Andrew's Daily Five. Five. Join Dave and me as we count down our favorite Jack White songs of all time. Let's rock and roll. Okay, welcome everyone back to episode nine. The intro song you heard, You're Pretty Good Looking for a Girl, by the White Stripes, was from Distill 2000. Uh, This pop song is the opening track on their second album. Third Man Records co-founder Ben Swank said of this song, quote, When I heard this song, I realized we've got a pop song writer on our hands. There had been glimpses of that before, but this was a full-on straight-up pop tune for a band that was being constantly described as a garage rock band. I knew the White Stripes were special from the first time I saw them, but this was a really big turning point and a huge benchmark for a small weirdo garage rock band from Detroit. I thought that was a pretty cool quote. So I really like that song. That was uh, kind of uh, on the border of some of my favorite, you know, didn't quite get picked, but I wanted to highlight it as an intro song. Um, Just a, just a fantastic song. Um, Okay. We're going to start off. uh, Dave's got number 35 uh, and we've got, um, we've got the beginning of something very interesting that's going to happen with number 35 and we're not going to quite tell you what it is yet, but um, you, you might be able to figure it out as we go over these next 10 songs. Uh, so, Dave, why don't you start us off with number 35? All right, yeah, number 35, Little Cream Soda by the White Stripes from their album Icky Thump, released in 2007. Um, so this is, this is from, from what I've read on this song, this was actually born out of kind of onstage improvisations. It was something that um, he kind of came up with with the riff um, uh, backstage at one point. He started playing around with it onstage, kind of turning it into a song through, through live shows and kind of playing around with it. Um, I thought that was um, you know, kind of very interesting for a song that, that feels so well put together. I, you know, I, just, I really like that song. Great song on the album. Um, and actually, one of the other things I was looking into that was, uh, I haven't done a lot of research into it, but I guess every album by the White Stripes uh, has a has a, a kind of a theme going through it of each album has a song called Little Something. I, oh, the, the thing okay. I looked up was Little Noun. So okay. starting with the White Stripes, it was Little People, then then Little Bird, then Little Room, then Little Acorns, then Little Ghost, then Little Cream Soda. So um, Okay. Interesting kind of, uh, I don't know why he does the things he does, uh, but I like it and I like to find it later. So that's kind of cool. He sure has fun with it. That's for sure. I'd never noticed that. So I'm, I'm a little blown away right now that I'd not noticed that. That's great. Okay. Here it is. Little Cream Soda by the White Stripes. on fire. 
this is a great song. This song actually was not on my list. And uh, when I realized that as I was listening, preparing for this episode, I was angry at myself because this song is fantastic. And uh, I love at the end when they just, it's almost like he's trolling us. They just keep going, bam, 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 and they just keep going and they just won't stop. Uh, they just had a great time with this one. Uh, I was listening to this in the car the other day and one of my kids was like, is this, why is he doing this ending so many times? <laughs> it, was, it was fantastic. Um, Okay, that was 35, so we're on to my pick number 34, and that is Screwdriver by the White Stripes. This is from their debut album, 1999. It's near the end of the debut, and I've always loved the song's energy, especially when they get quiet near the end, and then they ramp back up to a top volume. Uh, and I believe, uh, you know, well, I'm gonna, I'll play the ending part, So it's because it's a three-minute-plus song. Uh, the lyric I like, what if someone walked up to me and like an apple cut right through me? I'm not just going to stand there grinning because I'm not the one who's sinning. Screwdriver. Here it is, Screwdriver. What am I supposed to think? I drop a nickel in a sink. I love people like a brother now. But I'm not going to be their mother now. What if someone walked up to me and like an apple cut right through me? I'm not just going to stand there grinning. Cause I'm not the one who's sent a Great pick. I love that song. Um, you know, this. The, I don't know how I let that one kind of slip by me. Um, as I listen to it, it's it's kind of right in my wheelhouse. A lot of what I like to listen to, kind of driving guitar. Um, uh, you know, sounds sounds plenty dirty enough. I like it. Um, you, one of the things that I that I uh, as I was researching, looking up. So Jack White, White Stripes. I'd say mainly Jack White. He loves going on like talk shows, late night talk shows. Does it mm-hmm. fairly often? Um, and, and I, I tried looking into it a little bit, um, but from what I was reading, it looks like this might be the first song they ever played on a late night talk show. Oh, okay. Um, back in uh, 2001 on the Late Late Show with Craig Kilborn, they played this. And actually, the version they did, which was cool, um, is after the uh, second verse of this song, 
he played a little bit of Southern Can is Mine, or Your Southern Can is Mine. Oh, yeah. And then went back to the third verse to close us out, which I guess, you know, something he, he kind of does, you know, in live settings and things uh, quite a bit, but I thought that was pretty cool. That is really cool. All right, number 33, Top Yourself by The Raconteurs. Uh, it's from the Consolers of the Lonely album released in 2008. Um, you know, doing this podcast and I, we've kind of said it before I've really grown to appreciate the Tours so much more while doing this I knew I kind of liked them before but um, the more I go into it um, you know th- with this song I mean it's so catchy it's a well told story which is really cool each time you listen you can kind of pick up on a few new things um, and and one of the things that um, that this is the first it surfaced to me and, and I feel kind of bad because I saw a line that said um, you know any any real uh, you know, Jack White fan knows his obsession with Orson Welles, and I'm like, oh, uh, <laughs> I didn't really know that. I don't either. <laughs> um, so, so that was kind of weird um, as I found that because there were a lot of references or a lot of comparisons actually to this song, Top Yourself, being compared to um, the relationship shown between um, uh, a husband and wife in the movie Citizen Kane. Okay. Um, when I first saw it, I thought, oh, that's kind of a stretch. Is, am I on like a Citizen Kane website? I was kind of looking around, but I found it in two or three places and um, started to kind of find out there's, there is this kind of connection there and that it wouldn't be that far-fetched for, um, for Jack White to, to be getting kind of references and telling stories that maybe fit with, with things that we've seen like Orson Welles do. Um, a couple of the things I found, and you know, you know, I know some of you listening, uh, you know how, to, know how to contact Andrew. So if, if you have any other examples you want to send, but so far I've found... Uh, the Third Man was uh, the name of an Orson Welles movie. Ah, so his yeah. his Third Man uh, record's kind of pulling from that. And then the White Stripes song, The Union Forever, just snagged a monologue from Citizen Kane. Okay. Um, maybe this comparison here. There's, I, I'm guessing if I keep digging, I'm going to find a, a big list of comparisons of things he's done and, and how those might tie into the kind of Orson Welles you know, body of work. It definitely sounds like something that Jack White would do. Cool. Yeah, let's listen to the song. Here it is, Top Yourself. How you gonna top yourself when there is nobody else? How you gonna do it by yourself? Cause I'm not gonna be here to help you. Good Lord to help you How am I gonna make you see 
ain't no way to be See you've been getting it all for free Guess you better get yourself a sugar daddy to help you Yeah, I'm right there with you. I feel like this podcast preparation and listening and research and all that has made me like the Tours way more than I did. I, I knew I loved the White Stripes. I knew I loved Jack White. And I'd listened to a lot of the Tours, but I feel like my appreciation for them continues to grow. And I feel like that band, because uh, it is a separate entity, is continuing to rise up my ranks of my favorite artists. Okay, we're moving on to 32, and this is We're Going to Be Friends by the White Stripes. I think in the last episode we mentioned the 10 songs that they were known for uh, for the Hall of Fame vote, and uh, this is one of those that was listed. So this is a really popular one. This is from White Blood Cells from 2001, their third album. This song speaks of a girl and boy who become friends while engaging in activities in and out of school. All Music said the song, quote, takes a nostalgic look back at the innocence of school days with a surprisingly sensitive vocal as Jack expertly paints impressions of days past with deft economy, close quote. This song has been featured in many movies, including Napoleon Dynamite, Wonder, Juno, and also several TV shows, including House and Life in Pieces. I think Juno would probably be the movie I most associate it with. Um, this is one of Conan O'Brien's favorite songs by the White Stripes, and at his request, they performed it on the final episode of Late Night with Conan O'Brien on February 20th of 2009. You mentioned late, late night shows uh, just a second ago. Uh, the lyric I love, and we don't notice any time pass, we don't notice anything. We sit side by side in every class. Teacher thinks that I sound funny, but she likes the way you sing. Here is We're Going to Be Friends. Fall is here, hear the yell, back to school, ring the bell, brand new shoes, walk in blues, climb the fence, books and pens. I can tell that we are going to be friends. Silly thoughts go through my head 
about the bugs and alphabet When I wake tomorrow I'll bet That you and I will walk together again I can tell that we are gonna be friends Yes, I can tell that we are gonna be friends uh, yeah, I, you know, I hear that song, I think, uh, you know, I think of the movie Juno as well, uh, yeah. you know, Napoleon Dynamite also, um, you know, I, I love both those movies and, and this song kind of stands out there. Um, you, you know, I think this is a, uh, uh, it feels like a very simple song, but it's a lot of fun to listen to. It's a, it's a you know, a good story, really catchy, really bouncy. Um, one of the interesting things I, I kind of was researching and, and starting to dig into and trying to learn a little bit more about. So there's this, there's this connection, uh, you know, out there right now that the, the character Susie Lee is mentioned in this song. Um, there's a song called Susie Lee on, um, I think on their debut album in 99. Um, and, and kind of has a little bit of a similar kind of, uh, theme to it. And then additionally, what I found was some people, um, well, first, I guess to wrap up uh, the Susie Lee side, um, I guess they also dedicated their album, their 2005 album, Get Behind Me, Satan. I think it was to Susie Lee, wherever she may be. <laughs> um, I'd have to go look look into that a bit more. But but the the other interesting thing that threw me off, and this this ties, uh, I guess, this draws me in because you know Jack um, and the number three. So that's uh, two songs. We're gonna be friends and Susie Lee. And people have made a comparison to the, to this song and Sister, Do You Know My Name? And some people kind of consider it maybe a, a, um, a sequel in some sense, and that Sister, Do You Know My Name might be kind of leading up to uh, We're Going to Be Friends. I thought that was uh, really interesting. Um, I wouldn't put it past Jack to do something like that. It, it makes kind of a three-part story arc for Susie Lee. Right. Um, so maybe there's something there. That's really cool. I thought you were about to tell me that uh, Orson Welles' wife's name was Susie Lee or something like that. <laughs> oh, that would, I'm going to have to go do that. Orson Welles and Susie Lee and see if I come up with anything. So I have a bit of a misheard lyric on this song. Um, for some reason, this doesn't make any sense. I, I can't explain it, but I've always heard when the teacher says, te- or when Jack sings, teacher marks our height against the wall. Like, you know, they're putting a pencil line on the wall. For some reason, I've always heard teacher marks our hide against the wall like she's <laughs> slapping his hide or something you know like he's getting in trouble so I, it doesn't make any sense marks our hide against the wall but that's how i've always heard it until just yeah, i like that i, I think until i looked at the lyrics and i'm like wait a sec marks her height that makes a lot more sense but that's not how i've always sung it so yeah number 31 icky thump by the white stripes this is from the uh, the icky thump album released in 2007 um I looked up a little bit about this song. Um, I, I saw that, I guess the, the phrase icky thump is an Americanization of the Northern British phrase, ecky thump. Mm-hmm. Um, I found a few different potential, you know, definitions for what that is. Um, you know, uh, I'm not sure I've got it exactly. You know, it, I think <laughs> the euphemisms they came up with were like hell, um, or like, you know, Oh my God, that kind of thing. Right. Um, but, um, Really, I guess I guess there's there's two things that that are that I want to call out on this song. The first one, I read that this was the band's first top forty hit on the Billboard Singles Chart, but there's no way. Is that? Do you know if that's actually true, Andrew? That doesn't. That feels like a stretch to me. That does. Um, gosh, yeah. I mean, you think Seven Nation Army would have would have charted pretty high, but I, yeah, I have no idea. Without looking it up, yeah, I'll have to. I'll have to. Yeah, I'll have to dig into that a little bit more. Um, and then the other thing I was going to call out, I think, um, you know, 
to just give you a little bit of insight into you know in, into some of my picks and and uh, you know why I might rank some things the way I do. So, um, Icky Thump is actually this is this is for the most part this was my introduction to the White Stripes. Like I'd heard the White Stripes before, I knew of them, um, but I was mainly just you know radio stuff. I, I hadn't yet started really diving into music um, at this point. Like I was. Um, I was getting deeper into rock music and trying to catch up on things I might have missed in like the 80s, you know, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s. I was I was getting there, but my my brother got super hyped about this album release. Uh, I remember we drove over to Best Buy. I think it was on the release day. Um, picked it up, popped it in the CD player. Icky Thump kicks off that album, so it was almost kind of my it was my real introduction to the White Stripes. So I think. Um, Cool. You know, that for me was kind of the defining moment of, of, you know, kind of what their music was, what I was kind of expecting and thinking. So this to me just, you know, holds that kind of special place in my heart. Love this song. Um, I'm, uh, I don't know if I'm in the minority here. I absolutely love bagpipes um, yeah. uh, in general. So yep. um, this song to me, I think just great start to end. I listen to it constantly. Um, absolutely love it. All right, let's take a listen. Here's Icky Thumb. Yeah, that clip that I played, um, I actually assumed they were back, and I could still be wrong, but I'm looking at the personnel listing here on this song. I always thought it was just like a distorted bagpipe, 
And the personnel just has Jack and Meg. It has Jack on vocals, guitar, and clavia line, which is an electronic keyboard instrument, a forerunner to the analog synthesizer invented by French engineer Constant Martin in 1947. I, I thought it was a bagpipe until just now, but it sounds like maybe it's not. What, what do you think? I mean, awesome. Yeah, that's. I'll have to go take a look at that. That'd be that'd be actually pretty interesting. But wasn't it's definitely kind of the sound that that, that they were going for there? Because I thought sure sounds. I like assumed it. someone yeah. was in the studio with a bagpipe at that point. But um, uh, you know, I know that at least you know through the white stripe stuff, he wasn't too keen on bringing a ton of people into the mix. So I wouldn't be surprised if yeah, he learned how to play it on that, and uh, and that's what we're hearing. Well, it sounds so cool, and I love that little section of the song. Um, I would have thought it was a bagpipe as well, but if I'm looking at the personnel here, it may not be. We'll have to maybe research that a little bit more. And then the other line I I have to call out, because this is one of my favorite lines, potentially in all of the White Stripes discography, is you can't be a pimp and a prostitute too. (laughs) It's just so good. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. Oh, what a great song. All right, well, that's two for Mickey Thump for today. Uh, We'll come back next time with our top 30. So we're getting down to the end. Um, On the way out, you'll hear a little bit more of You're Pretty Good Looking for a Girl. Thank you guys for joining us. Dave, I hope you have a great day, and I'll see you next time. All right, thanks. Because you're pretty good looking for a girl.